Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, welcome. Woof. <laughs> A little hot. Hello. Hello. Welcome to uh, a Tuesday, November 12th, 2019. Winter has finally uh, arrived. Uh, I'll be polite and welcome it. And uh, I'll also welcome my sister, Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. I was uh, trudging around the streets of Green Bay where it was five below this morning. <laughs> well, that just... Walking... That walking the dog. Though right? that just warmed us up. <laughs> All right, quit <laughs> quit your bitching. Yeah, it ain't five below here. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I um I still say it feels easier for me to take that than it used to feel when it was like 31 and raining in St. Louis because here at least I just put on enough layers and warm boots and and a hat and I wrap my face up and yeah. I go out with the dog and I'm not even cold. No, that's right. I mean, there's such a thing as being just <clears throat> keep putting clothes yeah. on. I mean, I'm sorry. You don't have to freeze. People who insist on looking good, uh, they can freeze. But the rest I of think us? those days are over. Oh, yeah, it was just doing a quick, you know, scan of the last, uh, I don't know, five years of walking down the street. The days of people wanting to look good are long over. Really? <laughs> Even young people? I don't know. Uh, well, young no, people... you see the occasional woman uh, in the city wearing heels, heels, you know, trudging along. But most of them are thinking, hey, I got to walk eight blocks to the L. I'm yeah. wearing flat shoes. Yeah, well... Yeah, I think it's young people and uh, young men who find it, you know, think it's like unmacho to get to look like you're. Oh well, there's always those guys that walk around in, in shorts, shorts and, and it's thirty yeah, below. I know. Oh well, but how is that different than when we were kids and we had skirts on? We wore pants under our skirts. Not always. Not always. I remember my legs being like red from the cold. Yeah, well, I remember things like that too. But I so, think I yeah. When we but, were little, at least we wore pants under our skirts. Right, but then when we got a little older, and it was we didn't want to look and like we thought little kids. Red chapped legs looked far better. Right. <laughs> exactly. So um, thanks for. Uh, for stopping by, I know you're very busy these days. Susan's daughter is getting married this weekend, and uh, she's got a lot on her plate right now. Um, yeah, well, uh, we're looking forward to it, and, uh, the, uh, you know, it's stressful at this point. So <laughs> I'm just getting our mother back up to Chicago when I can start being helpful at that end again. Back down to Chicago. Back down to Chicago, wherever I am. Right. So you're, um, are you leaving today? Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Okay. Just sorry for all the personal stuff. I hadn't talked to her for a while. Um, okay. I would like, you know, tomorrow we start up with the actual uh, public impeachment uh, hearings, and no one is going to be listening to my show for the next three weeks because it, 
I'm going to be opposite them. So I'm going to be talking to myself a lot, and um, that's what I'm going to have to do. But I also, um, I, I just, I've gotten so weary of the day, dealing with it day to day to day to day that I don't even, I don't even want to talk about it today. You know what I mean? Right. I, I right. just, I know, I know, feel. Uh, oh, generally over overdone. I can't deal with it. Not that it ain't really important, but I'm I'm going to throw out some other things here today, if I may. First, uh, being a uh, a thoughts and prayers directed at uh, at uh, Jimmy Carter. Um, yeah, yeah. Who's undergoing, I guess, surgery today or maybe last night? I don't know. Um, because of those falls and there's pressure on his brain and this is the same brain that didn't he have cancer in it and then I mean yeah, my god yeah. I mean uh at his age you can't have all these assaults and uh, surgeries and and be lasting uh longer uh, very much longer I just saw a quote from him where he said that when he got the cancer diagnosis he didn't ask god to let him live he asked god to give him um, I can't remember the exact words uh, to give him a a better attitude to death uh, or something. So yeah, but, I know I, I, the quotes that I read for him just said that he was he just didn't fear it. He was totally at peace with it and ready well, for it. Yeah, uh, I always wonder when people say that. Do you think that's true? Do you think? Well, I think everybody's a little nervous about it, but I'm, you know, I got to say after watching a few people die, um, uh, I don't fear it the way I used to. Uh-uh. I think what I fear is... And also is... just having a surgery. I mean, just having total anesthetic, that's being dead. Yeah, well, I've done that a lot. And well, it's so odd. So I'm saying, does, I mean, you know, that's what not being there feels like. Yeah, well, then it's just feels like nothing that right you go on so that's that's worst case i don't think i'm so terrible that i would if there's an afterlife that i would end up too far down <laughs> i don't know okay I mean, we let's not talk about this but i mean i was thinking that when i think about death what freaks me out is leaving um is leaving like my my son um you know well, yeah. Parentless. It's stuff like that. It's not. It's not like I'll be gone. I mean, I've had a good long run. It's just like, oh gosh, I won't. You know, this sense, and I know that was uppermost, and certainly in our father's um, head. Right. You were just to... reminding he he would he would, he was oft heard to mutter, "Après moi, le déluge." <laughs> not that he had any uh, narcissistic or ego issues, but. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you see it as your life's work to safeguard your family, you're 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 a wreck when you're dying because you're thinking après moi le déluge. Right, They're but you have to also, you know, uh, accept the fact that you've either done your job as a parent as you haven't, and your child will understand that, that there's right. a natural order to things. I know. You okay. Know. 
So one more thing. I have just one more funeral kind of funereal thing, and this comes from the Metropolitan Diary in the New York Times. It's it's somebody's story that they write into the paper, and uh, I just want to share it with you, if I may. This is from Kim. Sure. This is from Kimberly. Teresa was the last rent stabilized tenant in our building, which went co-op in the. This is a very New York story, which went co-op in the 1980s. A bit deaf, always cheerful, and with a loud greeting for everyone, she had earned her nickname, the mascot. Last winter, a plain typed note appeared near the mailboxes. Our beloved Teresa passed quietly on Thursday. Services will be held at the Mary Walsh home at 10 a.m. Monday. Well, I knew I would be attending. At the home, the organist opened the dog-eared pages of a songbook, wearing bright red lipstick and with her upswept hair in a fiery orange bun. She announced each song with confidence. A framed photo on top of the coffin faced the lectern. The rector breezed through the service with an auctioneer's brio, and then he offered a blessing. When I filed past the coffin, I finally saw the photo. Here was a woman with a pretty chiseled face and a graying blonde bob. Not the chubby cheeks and white crew cut of Teresa. Had she aged that badly? When I got home, I found Teresa hanging out near the mailboxes waiting for Calvin, the postman, to finish up. How you doing, she called to me. You look like you've had a pretty good day. <laughs> well, <laughs> there, must, <laughs> there must have been another in the building. So who the hell knows? That's funny. Anybody else ever done There's that? No further explanation. Did she come out of the same door? <laughs> oh, oh, geez. Too funny. Um, all right. Uh, let's see what else I got. Um, did, um, did you see the uh, the case of the 30,000 Hermes bag? The case of the what? $30,000 Hermes bag that was ruined by a waiter who had a appears to have purposefully started pouring a bottle of wine and then never stopped pouring it, so we poured it all over her and her $30,000. You know what? Pink if if somebody has a $30,000 pink air, so she, I always thought it was Hermes bag, you know, she can afford another one. Well, she just thought, you know, if it was at her country club. If you, you bring your car to the valet and they bring it damaged back, it's they pay for it. You aren't expecting a waiter to just dump a bottle no. of wine on you. No. And, uh, you know, it's their misfortune that she can prove that that's what they spoiled, and she asks for the management to make good on it, and they sue the waiter. Who sued the Manag waiter? The, co the country club? sued the waiter. Oh. Now the woman's all upset saying, I don't want to sue him. <laughs> but he did the damage. Either way, he's out of a job. 
Well, you have to wonder. Maybe he was. Uh, maybe, maybe he was having a seizure. Yeah, maybe know. something. Oh, jeez. You know, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a political statement. No, but jeez. No, I didn't think it was a political statement. But on the but, other hand, <laughs> rich people <laughs> well, needing to get rich. Here's, well, here's 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 part of the case. They're saying that everybody is discriminating against her because she's rich. She shouldn't own such a thing as a thirty thousand thousand dollar bag, such that she would sue if it got damaged. Well, that's the way I feel. You know, <laughs> that's the way I feel. Which is exactly the way you reacted. Right. That's how I feel. Thirty thousand. Exactly how our insurance company felt too. But uh, I think, honestly, under the law, she's got a point. Yeah, where where in, where in the law is it written that after you spend X amount on a bag, it's you've taken on the risk and 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 you have too much money and shame on you? I mean, there isn't a law that says that. No, I mean laws in general and always if you benefit back into the rich. A Rolls Royce instead of a Honda Civic, that's your problem. Um, yeah, but you can't ask for people to feel sympathy. My sympathy goes totally to the waiter. Well, if she can pay $30,000 for a bag, maybe she could give him, a, a, you know, a, some help. I'm just saying it's, the, I, I, it's an interesting dilemma. I'm not trying to say, you know, any of this. But I do think that people, she, as she points out, she isn't the only one at this particularly, particular country club that would be dressed or carrying or having such things about them. It's a wealthy place. I mean, the very idea of spending $30,000 on a fucking purse offends me. Listen, I'm at the point, what, do you remember when suddenly they started to cost $3,000? I'm going. I can't imagine. Exactly. It's a well, fucking well, purse. The bulk of the, what used to be... You know, what used to be the most expensive handbag, usually, you know, sitting in a Neiman Marcus or something, used to be around 400 bucks, you know. And then one day I went in, and suddenly they were 4000 All right, well. And it was the same, you know, it was the same stuff. It's, hey, I don't, I, I, whatever I the market. I that leap was made, but I didn't, leap, I didn't make it with them. Well, the way, to me, a purse <laughs> is just a, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. Whatever. I, well, but I do think that, I mean, even people I know that might carry such a thing um, bought one once at an off, at a Nordstrom off the rack and put this still expensive handbag down on the ground, picked it up, it had a stain on it. She said, See, why would anyone ever spend this much money on a purse? If you get and it off the, the rack, it's only 15000 Yeah. Jesus <laughs> I'm sorry. But think how much money you'd save. Oh, man. God. I, I didn't do it. Don't yell at me. And All there right, are well. such people. We know that. And But apparently not as many as the, you know, Hotsy Totsy department stores thought because um, they ain't, no one's buying that stuff. Well, some, no, some are. Um, they're the people... Um, they can't. Yeah, they're the people I, I, yeah, that uh, are, Elizabeth Warren is gunning for. They're the people who have so much for. money that it just doesn't matter. God. Or you know, they're the people who have uh, you know 
questionable. I don't think Mrs. Buffett question- is buying Hermes bags. No, I, I don't say. either. Yeah, question. You know, there are people of, with questionable <laughs> values, is what I would say. And yes, it's, it, it yes, further, I, I was agree. saying, I was saying the other day, like what yesterday that, about but, billionaires. Okay, but I just want to get back to the point of why I brought up the story. That is not the point of what a lawsuit in this case would be. You don't get to bring in your our okay. reverse snobism okay. or, or our boo-hoo for the rich. I think it's an interesting dilemma. Go ahead. I wouldn't call the way I feel about a $30,000 Hermes bag reverse snobism. It offends me. <laughs> it just fucking offends me. Whatever. Oops, I started a conversation. All right, okay. it doesn't matter. And I thought it was Hermes. Just saying. What is it, French? I think so. <laughs> anyway. I ran, a- I ran into Oprah Winfrey at the Beverly Hills one once. I think the only time I've ever been in one. At the Air Maze in Be- Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, maybe she has on a $30,000. I mean, you know, yeah. we were, uh, you know, quite literally sightseeing. Well, she could certainly. Uh, and, and so I wandered in, and I noticed that there was like a guard standing at the bottom of the stairs. And I said to the saleswoman, "Is can I go up there? There's a whole other level up there. Am I allowed up there? She says, oh, yes, it's, uh, Oprah's up there, that's all. And I went, oh, okay, well, I'll go up too. <laughs> and, so, and, you know, I the the guard let me pass and I went up and I was just looking at stuff and there she was just looking at stuff and I happened to pick up a little key fob Mm -hmm. uh, which was nothing more than about two and a half inches of leather with a key ring hanging off of it and somewhere must have been the stamp of you know uh, uh, some sort of you know significance this uh, signifier of what it was but the price tag was $400, and I let out an involuntary snort. Yeah. And she turned around and she said, what? <laughs> what? And I said, look at this. Look at how much it is. 400 bucks. And she, and, she, and, she, and she started laughing, too. She says, I know, you have to suspend all sense of reality in this place. Yeah. And that was my, that was my Oprah moment. There it is. Okay. That's and then okay. we went on our way. So I got, I'm going to change the subject, and I'm going to get into another story that might, in fact, um, people will be shocked at what my reaction to it was. This is a story. Here's the headline. Man accused of grabbing woman by the... This is Washington Post. Man accused of grabbing uh-huh. woman by the crotch on plane that uh-huh. made early landing for his arrest. Okay. And then there's a story about there was this woman. She was actually sitting there with her daughter. The guy next to her, first of all, I guess, grabs her arm and then eventually grabs her crotch. And she pushed him off, told him to cut it out. And she called the uh, flight attendant and uh, said, I, this guy is uh, groping me. I need to, to, they gave her another seat. But then... They made an emergency landing. Um, I forget where they were going. Uh, they they had left from Charlotte, and they ended up landing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
so that they could throw this guy off and have him arrested. And the the airline said, the quick actions of our crew ensured the safety and well-being of our customers on the flight. Well, I just want to say that if I were on that flight, I would be pissed off. I didn't want to go to Tulsa. Why couldn't they go to where they were going and arrest him there? They separated him from her. They can stick him somewhere, lock him in the friggin' bathroom. But why does everybody else on the plane have to have their plans go? So this was one sexual assault where I thought, this is, you don't have to land in Tulsa. Nobody's dying. Tell me you agree. Um, I'm, my guess is that whenever there is a um, person on board who has presented a risk to anybody else on board demonstrably, that there is just a procedure in place that they divert immediately and get the person off. Well, I think I mean, in this he didn't have I, a gun. I don't he think that's, a- that was a pilot judgment sort of situation. I think that they there's just a... Uh, uh, I don't know. I think well, they they land for lots of things like that. I mean, well, they, they land for medical when issues. When they don't land, they're really in trouble. Like when someone's sick and they don't land. Yeah, and well, they the should land dies. if somebody if something life threatening is going on. Um, but I mean, they separated him, put him next to uh, you know some other guy he won't touch or handcuff the asshole, and then just you know. Go to where you're going. I would imagine that the other people on that flight were pretty damn annoyed. I'm just saying. I, I don't... No, think- I'm sure they were annoyed. I'm sure they were annoyed. I just... I think that this is um, a sort of zero tolerance in the air. I hate um, zero sort of tolerance. And, <laughs> and honestly, as a passenger... Uh, I'm not so sure that I don't want them to err on the side of inconvenience and safety rather than judging, eh, he, he's not going to hurt anybody else or he's not going to get violent. He's, the guy was drunk, you know, so... Well, yeah, I think they, have, they should have the right to restrain him. In other words, he can't move. He's not going to bother anybody else and let everybody else get to Salt Lake City on time where they uh, might have had important business or God knows what. I don't know. I'm just saying I read it and I thought I, I totally, too much. I totally get your point of view. Okay, I do. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, anybody who books a flight so close to the thing that they are supposed to get to that they don't allow for this sort of thing, given the state of today's um, air travel. Uh, I'm just telling you, didn't care whether they got there in the first place and might have been actively trying not to have to go. All right. Um, Wait a minute. Uh, Somebody just sent me a thing. You know when you're rich... When you buy a $379,000 handbag, this is sold at auction. Somebody, oh, that was a different one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Diamond encrusted and blah, 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 blah. It was also, uh, if you have to choose, you can't afford the Hermes 
white Himalaya crocodile. A fucking endangered white Himalayan. There's crocodiles in the Him- Himalayan. <laughs> what do you mean? There's no crocodiles in the Himalayas. And there you have it, folks. Watch Lynn take a left turn. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. God almighty. God. Oh, God. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> enough. Can't take it anymore. See, she was relatively modest in her... <laughs> I rest my case. Yeah, right. Whatever. Shoot them all. That's what I say. Hang them. I'm like Madam... It is Le- sort of cute that all the billionaires are scared of war. <laughs> oh, they are. Yeah. I mean, what are they afraid of? Being impoverished? <laughs> you know? Well... I remember once asking for a raise at Channel 4, and um, the general manager who I was asking said, you know, I just want to tell you, no matter what you get paid, the minute you get paid, your spending increases and you feel poor again. He said, it just is no sense even going down that road, (laughs) he said. But you know, there was truth in what he said. Uh, there's never enough. People get something, and you get used to that, you know? You get used to it, and then you want more. And when you're super rich, I I think there's just a, you know, people, status is so important to so many people. It it just amazes me. And status is what? The things you are wearing, the, the house you live in, the car you drive, it's okay. I, They'll be proportionally shrunk. They can maintain their their pissing contest. Oh, they make me puke. Anyway, um, hey, big news. I, I am relentlessly cheerful today. Okay, that's good. Good news. Finally, Sean Spicer is no longer on Dancing with the Stars, although he made it to the quarter effing finals. And Donald Trump, our president, tweeted, apparently, last night before... Sh- he was about to dance. Vote, vote, vote. You got to vote for Sean Spicer. Blah, 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 blah. We can't let him down. He never let us down. And that's what's kept him. They've been doing that throughout the run of the show. And uh, as soon as Spicer got voted off, Trump deleted the tweet. Now, what's that about? Except he doesn't ever want to be connected to a loser? Uh, he doesn't want to be connected to the fact that what he tried to do failed. Well, right. He doesn't right. want to be seen as right, having anything to do with a, f- with a failed... Um, he, a failed election. <laughs> this was just another election. God. Well, uh, you know, this is the first season that I I just literally n- n- forgot to watch. Well, no, I, I haven't went, watched any of it. I haven't. Went right off my radar. Right. I totally wasn't interested, and I didn't even think about it until it came up. You know, I was uh, some I was doing something else, and someone started talking about how, you know, the the damn show was ruined, and. I, <laughs> And I thought, well, the host told you when they told him not to do it, told him it was going to ruin it, and it did. Yeah. 
Well, it's the same thing, you know, the, social media uh, and, and the, you know, the right-wing mob uh, sort of uh, took the show over. Uh, it took it till the, almost the end, and it created, a, I'm sure, a lot of bad blood on the part of, I know the judges. The judges were furious. Furious. Um, well, because the whole, because what they, when the show started, as cheesy as it was, the, the charm of it was that uh, the, quote, stars, unquote, were differently abled in this dance regard and watching them learn publicly, you know, and put themselves up to the risk of public humiliation and strive mightily and learn. It got an audience because people legitimately rooted for people doing well. It was a fun contest to watch. And then they started fooling with you know, just a surefire recipe, and they ruined it. They politicized it, and they ruined it. I have an update on crocodiles in the Himalayas. Oh, good. (laughs) I want to credit Milt. Thanks, Milt. The Himalaya birkin, which is what this bag was called, isn't a birkin? What's a birkin? A Birkin bag is wait, wait, wait. a What's a Birkin? with a particular shape. It was named the Birkin bag. Yeah, it's but I thought a Birkin, excuse me, literally, I thought a Birkin, I must have it wrong, was, believe it or not, essentially a toupee for your private parts. Um, well, I Someone know what you're talking about, but I don't know. If, if, so... I mean, I can't imagine such a thing, but that a Birkin, B-I-R-K-I-N, isn't that a, it's a, <laughs> it's a pubic area I I know what you're toupee? talking about, but I, Hello? I there are Is different it? initial, there are different consonants that start that, but wait a minute, let me, I'm. People looking, you're not finding Birkin? I'm looking. Well, what is the word I'm thinking of? Because there is such a thing, and it's awful close to Birkin. I'm thinking it's Merkin. Merkin! Yeah, yeah. Merkin. That's it. Yep. Right. An artificial right. covering of Merkin. hair for the pubic area. That's right. Merkin. Merkin. Thank you, Susan. Okay. All right. Good. Because that would be a really big marketing error on the part of Air Maze. <laughs> Don't think right. they didn't right. go there. So, so, okay. So it's not a Merc. Oh, I wish it were the Himalaya Merkin. That would be best. <laughs> okay. So the Hima or Himalaya, I don't know what's in these days. The Himalaya Birkin is crafted from Nile crocodile hide. The designation Himalaya does not apply to the origin of the bag, but rather, get this, to the delicate gradation of its color. The smoky gray fades into a pearly white, resembling the majestic snow-capped Himalayas. I'm going to barf. I'm going to barf. Okay, so yeah, there are no crocodiles you in the Himalayas. To, you, uh, you know, it, you have to think of it as wearable art. <laughs> oh. 
And that particular one is also encrusted with jewels. So yeah, part of I know diamonds and that. all this kind of crapola and like, jeez, ah, really. I'm not. I'm not trying to justify it. I'm okay. just describing. Now, just. Yeah, everyone's telling me, Merkin, I mean, what do you do? Merkin. How do you come Every, down on all right, the price of art? What? How do you come out, down on I the price of art? I think art and the price of art. What a friggin' bunch of nonsense that is, too. Oh, my God. You know, uh, an artist can, like, uh, take camel dung and uh, encrust it in some leaden, molten process, and it, it just looks like a big dump. And it'll sell for $400,000 somewhere. And if you think I'm kidding, I'm not. Stuff like that. Those are usually found in museums because no, they're I, hard to install in well, one's home. I, I, <laughs> I I've seen a thing where some artist, very famous artist, peed on some paper and framed it. And people spent thousands of dollars on it. Art. God. All right, everyone. I'll never forget Merkin again. Five thousand people have. Uh... <laughs> it's Merkin. Merkin. Yeah, but I but I beat them all to the punch. Okay, and I thank you. Well, not really, because this new email server we have is so slow that, that the fact that you got it today is. I know it miracle. is amazing. Normally, people emailing the show, I get them five hours later. I say, well, thank you. That really would have helped the show. Um. And Birkin refers to Jane Birkin, uh, one of the it girls of the 60s. She was a model and an actress. I think I remember her. She was in Blow Up. Remember that movie about the photographer? Mm -hmm. And there was a tennis match in it that was, I don't remember. But everybody, thank you, all you Merkin knowers. Why do you know such a fact? It's odd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here I got something else, um, I think. Uh, oh, staying on, we got to the pubic area, so I'm going here. Yeah. Because I, okay. I believe in a sort of flow, a continuity uh -huh. um, in Are the program. Are we going to talk about pee? No, we're not talking okay. about pee. We're talking about menstrual products. Ah. Okay? I just want to mm -hmm. say this. Headline again, Washington Post. Germany has slashed its tax on tampons. It had been taxed as a luxury item. Taxed at 19%. Mm -hmm. How in the name of God would a tampon be considered a luxury item? when it is an absolute necessity for half the population. I the only know. way they can justify that is if they do not no, no, view no. They, a common pad no, but as they do. a luxury. If, no. they're, if they're taxing them both, then it's just a woman tax. No, it's a woman tax. And the only way those taxes happen is because men make those choices. Um, pet goldfish in Germany are subject to a 7% tax, not 19%. They are not considered a luxury item, nor are cut flowers. But something, 
Do you believe it? So the German parliament is still discussing the exact details of the reduction. And it, this is a big, you know, they, they had said prior to this that the tax did not discriminate against women. <laughs> because of all, the, of all the men that buy these things. Honest to Pete. But it turns out this kind of tax is, is the norm all over. Mm -hmm. For that matter, I do not know if tampons are taxed in Pennsylvania. Does the sales tax apply to them? Very well may. Um, and, and other menstrual products. So it's not that, oh, a tampon is considered luxury, you, but a pad is not. No, all of these things. And, of course, right. this burdens poor women. Um, and it's getting to be known. That's why there was that documentary called Period that might, in fact, right. have... Did it win the... Started all of this, yeah. right. That the, the, this understanding that my God, there are p places where women, girls, don't go to school because they don't have access, and that happens in in this country as well. Um, okay, it, so in the United States, uh, most states charge sales tax for women's pads and tampons. Twelve U.S. states have dropped the tampon tax, namely Ohio, California, Minnesota, Illinois, Nevada, Pennsylvania, New York, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey, Connecticut, Florida, and Rhode Island. All right. There well, you thank go. thank you for that. Um, anyway, we have a caller. God wonders why, but we do. Hello? Because, hello. Ah, you yes, of course. Because, <laughs> you have a caller because I have a bit. All right, when do you it. Said Merkin, when you said yeah. Merkin, I thought that's the way Trumpsters say Americans. I'm Merkin. Right. <laughs> Merkin. <laughs> so I wrote, just, I wrote just like two lines. I am proud to have a Merkin <laughs> where I release my pee. <laughs> that's it. That's all I can come up with. It. That's all you can come up with. <laughs> I had to be a Merkin. You, you were also yeah. talking about your and Art. It had, uh, yeah. What's his name there? Uh he has his own museum here, here in Pittsburgh. Uh, Andy yes, Warhol. Andy Warhol. Right. And Warhol, yeah. Yeah, when I went to the Warhol, when it first opened, there were copper um, squares framed, and what they were were, were people peed onto the copper, and, and it, you know, did what it did, and they had it framed hanging up on the wall. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Now, if that ain't art, I'd like to know what is. <laughs> well, you you so simply discriminated by discriminating by medium. So, um, at what point does it become inappropriate if someone makes a dye out of rust? Um, why is that different than letting the acid in urine etch the copper? You'll hear me arguing with you. So <laughs> it was up. <laughs> Nah, I'm sorry. I think it shows the disdain. You, I think it shows it shows the disdain that artists there, feel for those that they bamboozle into yeah. buying this crapola. Seriously, one should never buy any piece of art that doesn't speak to one in 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 some sort of pleasurable way. I would think. Right, it, it, but I, that type of thing is um, what you were talking about earlier, 
where people who have just too much money yeah. <laughs> don't know what to do with it. Well, I'll buy some PR. That's that's something. Very <laughs> expensive PR. Just so I can say I own PR, uh, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, although you know women can't get pads and tampons, you know I I, I can uh, buy some PR. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That you know talking about um, those billionaires um, getting ticked off about being taxed. I was just talking to a friend this morning. I said, if you're worth a hundred, I mean seventy, I mean one hundred fifty billion dollars. And somebody takes half of it, you still have $75 billion. <laughs> what are you complaining about? Right, right, right. <laughs> right. And if it's pecking order, everybody lost the same proportional amount there. You can still peck on the people below you. Exactly. I'm actually, because when you guys were talking about that, because I, I left the rat race in like 1993. Last, last weekend, I was doing caricatures at this really nice little salon in the. Um, uh, what is that? That's the steel building, the one next to it, the Mellon building. Young lady, she's only 29 years old, you know, bought this space, opened this salon. She had it open for a year. So I walk in the place, a little fancy place, and I said, where can I hang my $9.99 Goodwill leather coat? <laughs> now that's reverse snobbery. That's reverse snobbery. Last year I was doing characters at the stadium, and a kid came up to me. He's a young kid working at the, the stadium, and he said, you look nice, mister. I'm like, thank you. Every piece of this came from the Goodwill. And I said, how much did those shoes cost you? He said, oh, about $200. I said, oh. think about how much you had to work to pay for those. He had a pair of Nikes on. I said, how much you had to pay for those shoes? You just walked up to me and said, I look nice. Everything I have on is less than 50 bucks, including the shoes, the suit, the shoes, the shirt, the tie. <laughs> Well, maybe you taught him something. But see, that's the status thing. And the people who can't afford this stuff, oh, it just makes, it breaks my heart how people with no money spend it. Yeah, how he thinks he's moving on up by getting the Nikes. That's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, And he's sure. digging down deep, right. And right. he's putting himself into more debt. You know, yeah. He's for the... Uh, the advertising. You'll be a better person. You'll be a better human. You'll be cool. You know, if All you that. wear this, if you eat this, or if you drive this. And that's why. That's why I do stuff like that. <laughs> when I walk in, because the coat was nice. The coat, the, this leather was nice. I think I put it up on Facebook last year because I couldn't believe it was nine dollars and ninety nine cents. It was new. I, I never heard of the brand. And uh, and. Uh, you know, I said you could do it if you if you. You know, I bet it was leather it. made from uh, Himalayan crocodiles. That's the kind of leather <laughs> that leather was. Non-existent is what I'm saying. You think it was leather? Yeah. Really? Uh, no, know. I'm sure it probably is. It's a really mm -hmm. refined plastic. It was made in a cracker plant in Beaver County. Oh, would you leave him alone? <laughs> Go look at the label. It'll tell you what it is. <laughs> I, thought that's what, I, thought that's, I thought they made uh, Trump voters at that plant. Well, yeah, that, that right. they do, too. <laughs> I'll, I'll give people time to think of that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm proud to be American. I love it. I love it. That was a good one, and uh, I thank, thank you. you. I thank yeah, I'm going to be singing it all day, fame. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, okay. Clarence. Always good. To, always good to hear from you. You know what I was. Um,
Uh, yeah. But you know, I just uh, just one 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 last thing on 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 that area, um, and P in general. I I found something. Uh, I I like this <laughs> site called Gramit. It's got all these yeah, great that. little gadgets, uh-huh, right? Uh huh. Um, and guess what they had the other day? Something having to do a, with P. What? A feminine P. A feminine P device. Okay, so when you so can't get to a bathroom. Right. Yeah. It's basically just a squished funnel. <laughs> okay. Like, man always, you know, a, can do it. It gives you a little penis that you can, you know, point toward a jar or something or a tree. So I was very excited about that. <laughs> oh, it gives you, you're saying, a little penis that then you can insert into, like, a bottle in a the car. A jar or something. Yeah, right, right. 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 So if you're, if you're a, a, uh, an astronaut uh, going cross-state to uh, kill your lover, you don't have to wear diapers. You can just stop and uh, pee into it. Okay, so <laughs> Susan is referencing an older story from a few years back. Susan, um, what? wait a minute. Did you buy it? That's what I wanted to know. I'm, I'm, no, I didn't, but I, but I'm, I, I suggested that others might. It was, I, t- I suggested that it cured my, um, the last remnants of my penis envy. Did you have penis envy? I don't think so, but now that I could effectively stop and use any fence post I wanted, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, Mom said I had penis envy as a young child. She caught me, I, apparently I had a fit once as a very young child, um, when I guess I had to go to the bathroom and I was standing in front of the toilet. <laughs> you know, and, and she said, no, you got to sit down or something. I mean, obviously. And I said, I, she said, I freaked. I said, no, no, I want to go like Billy goes. <laughs> I want to go like Billy goes. Well, that's penis envy, I think. Yeah. Shit. Well, that was just one time occurrence, and I must have been like two. Yeah, it wasn't. So it I'm wasn't a, very. It wasn't uh, festering in your unconscious. No, no, it was not. <laughs> so apparently, there is another. Um, God, the last uh, presidential debate, I found myself thinking something that I hadn't thought before, of how important the voices of candidates are, the tone of their, you know, we don't think about voices a lot. Um, well, your mother, sir, does. Every time she turns on the TV and hears a woman's voice, she true. starts screaming. Yeah. And my, saying, why is she talking up there? Why is she talking up there? Why don't they talk down here like you? And I said, well, Mom, my voice is sort of weird. It's a little, you know, it's well, a little weird. Well, I don't weird. think it is. It I mean, we, a little higher than mine. I guess we have relatively low voices for a woman. But in her dotage, my mother has developed an absolute, such a sensitivity toward women's voices. <laughs> If we're at a restaurant and there's a bunch of women behind us and they're like talking up here and laughing and ha, ah, she like is, God, She's I can't. Th- fuck, you have to take the silverware away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, but here's the thing. <laughs> Don't. Really, she gets violent. No, she really gets nuts. And I, but here, <laughs> we do not. I have an aversion to high voices too. 
Oh, so I'm going to head where mom's going, I can tell. Um, and I've talked about it. I have trouble taking... Voices are so damn important. And women, especially women's voices, um, we have been... Uh, women's voices and the manner, and the manner in which they choose, the music with which they speak is important. Better speak in a lower register because that's just the reality. Because it is not perceived as authoritative to speak up here like this and to go up at the end and to giggle a lot. It's just not. It's not. Well, think about putting what? your think about what at ending every sentence as if it were a question. That's the cue. Is putting yourself in a submissive position. That's right. Needing Everything constant. That I am trying to say positively. Right. I'm actually only okay. asking you to give me permission to say. So I was thinking. I've started listening to the voices of the candidates. You know, there is a reason. Well, there's many reasons why the sound of the president's voice makes my makes me just cringe. First of all, I can't stand the tone, the sound, but it's mostly I can't stand him, so I can't stand his voice. But, you know, voices that subliminally influence us, whether we think of it or not. You know, we respond to the way people look. We respond to their body language. We respond to their voices. So in some respects, who do you want as president? Whose voice do you want in your head for the next four years? I found when George W. was president, despite the fact that I thought, you know, his policies generally stunk. Um, his voice did not sound presidential because it right. it sounded just sort of it well authority. It sounded like he was American, yeah. didn't it? And I yeah. have a bias. I have a bias that when I hear somebody talking with what sounds like a sort of southerny, a certain kind of southerny accent. I, in my head, that equates to, if not stupid, which isn't right, but I mean, that's a bias that gets hooked in to my reactions uh, to people. It's harder for me to think somebody's talking like this is smart. Yeah, well, I, I sort of react the same way. It's, it just sort of but, triggers a, a verbal laziness response in me, you know. Well, and, and a real... There's certain regional accents that yeah. we have the same reaction to because they sound like, come on, why would you sound like that if you want to be taken seriously? So voices, and we don't, I've, all the yammering and yapping I have heard on all these shows talking about uh, how people respond to candidates, I have never heard anybody talk about the voice. And it is a bigger issue than you think next time the democrats are all up there on the stage think about just close your eyes and ask not if you just like their voice and that has i'll tell you who's got a very good voice because i started doing it as i was watching the last one yang yang <laughs> mr yang has an extremely pleasant voice kamala harris has a really good voice. Yes, she does. Um, 
Do Amy you... Klobuchar, not so much. It's okay. Little... I think it's okay. It's okay. Um, and Elizabeth Warren, not so much. But it's okay. It's a l- little high register. She's okay. I, she, 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 she speaks with authority no matter right. what. I mean, and her speech pattern conveys the authority. And yet, you know, here am I talking about a voice when my voice is the kind of voice that some people cannot tolerate, I'm sure. And because I well, we, we both sound like Selma, but I'm I more than you. You're, yeah, you're still I don't like, know about that. I've always used my voice as an instrument, and it, it is. And most people with a voice only use a few notes of this instrument that has can go down here and up to there and can be loud or short. This, that, and the other thing. And I think it's just a wonderful thing to use to communicate, and most people just have this absolute sort of flat use of their voices, which is too bad. But here's something else. I heard Barack Obama the other day, and here is something that I never said. Well, I've never said it, and I'm going to say it now. The whole time he was president, it bothered me. And it still bothers me. And he has, in many ways, just this beautiful voice and a beautiful tone and a beautiful cadence. But you know what else he has? He has a, I can't do it, he has a sibilant S. So his S's make us sound a lot. And it just, every one drives me crazy. He has a, do you not once can, you start noticing it, you can't well, not hear it. Right? I, I, and again, I never once heard anybody say, God, can't Barack somehow stop with that S that whistles? It whistles. If you think I'm wrong, check it out. It well, whistles. Well, just the way his teeth are, that happens to me every once in a while, too. I'm well, allowed to whistle, and I couldn't do it on purpose if I tried. Well, it's a constant, and so, I mean, that didn't get in his way, and maybe I'm the outlier here in terms of voices. Well, but, no, um, I think there's this, you know, this is, this is, um, this has name, a name, you know, things that trigger um, revulsions, sounds that trigger re- revulsions, uh, revulsion, like mouth noises and stuff. This is no different. I mean, right. it's actually exactly the same. It's another mouth noise that drives you nuts. Hearing is really sensitive, and we but I, and turns out to have you react very physically to what you, you're hearing. Do you know what I once uh, uh, I had a short-lived relationship with a uh, a guy, and um, after it was over, I mentioned to somebody the first time I met him, I hated his voice. It was one of these sort of supercilious voices, you know, that sort of sounded like he was talking down to you all the time. It was, there was a tone that I just cringed. And yet, I tried to, you know, push that aside. And I thought, that's not a reason not to, he's... And enjoy being talked down to. How'd it go? <laughs> But somebody said to me, a friend said, oh, my God, that if you can't stand someone's voice, that is like, that's a 
That's a killer. That's the end. Because that's a voice that's going to be there in your head. It's a killer. And it seems so not right that something that is superficial should determine. It would be not right if everybody reacted the same way to the voice. But that's that's the, the thing your ear can't hear. But I, but I agree now. If somebody's voice is unpleasant to me, I ain't going to date them, okay? Well, good. <laughs> so that means, yeah. I, that means I wouldn't have dated Barack Obama. Jeez! Well, it's not always the best thing for you, apparently. I mean, <laughs> you could have gotten over that one. <laughs> There's I never reacted, but to prove my point, I never reacted that way to his voice. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, the whole nation, apparently other than you, was drawn to him by his oratory. I was drawn by his oratory. I was, I was. I was okay. drawn by his oratory. It was only after hearing it over and over and over again. It, it wasn't an immediate... The device that allows people that don't have penises to stand when they pee. <laughs> And it's, oh, Avery. Avery is educating me a lot. Avery says they are, oh, Avery also has sent sent me a great email a few weeks ago that I read. Okay, it's called, uh, surprisingly, a stand-to-pee device. (laughs) They they are generally marketed for trans guys like Avery. That are more anatomically accurate, so you can't tell at a glance. Oh, so you're a trans oh. guy in a in the in the men's bathroom. So he oh. what he's talking about actually then looks like a a penis. Oh no, mine just looked like a rubber funnel. Okay, well that's not <laughs> as cool as his. No. And he says they've been it's um they've been. Marketed towards outdoorsy women in the past couple of years. The one I saw on Facebook a couple of years ago was the She-Wee, it was called. It looks like an angled funnel, more or less. Right. The ones marketed towards outdoorsy cis women tend to be very plain, and I've actually seen them as just plain pink or purple plastic or rubber funnels, which makes sense. But whoever would have... See, Avery, thank you. You're really... Avery's been sending me... um, uh, well, this is the second that I'm aware of. Avery, uh, well, Avery is. Thank you for educating people. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Wow. So you got sure. Yeah. Gee, see, I look at how easily satisfied I am. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, Susan, listen. I'll see you in Chicago. Oh, geez. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So the um. It's going to be cold, right? Dress warm. Well, I think it's going to be in the 40s by the weekend, please. Uh, God's, my maybe. mouth to God's ear. Yeah, I maybe. Well, think I think it's going to be, there'll be a warming trend. Okay. But yes, let's come on in, Thanks party. This has been, uh, it's, a, it's a happy day for yeah. our Leah. Yes. So, um, <laughs> indeed. So I'll be there with bells yeah. on. And uh, thank okay. you very much. Okay. Bye. Bye, Suze. Um, okay, you guys, that's it. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed the show because it had really nothing to do with anything much. Kind of, sort of.
and I laughed a lot. Important. Okay, see you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at cghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.